0: So you like hockey? Congratulations. You're amongst the smartest sports fans in the world. Want to fight about it? Join me, the hockey troll, and that snack Polly cupcakes every Monday and Thursday on the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL, your Washington Capitals. Not only do we bring you the best Washington Capitals coverage, but we've got the hottest takes and the tastiest content tune in wherever you get your podcast and at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com chirp us on all social media platforms at Chirp. see you beauties and vendors there Hello LA Kings fans and welcome to episode 11 of season 2 of the Kings Den as always presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. As always I'm your host Jordy Cunningham. Thank you so much for joining us here on episode 11 of season 2 of the Kings Den. The second The last episode before the NHL season starts. The second last episode before the LA Kings season starts. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. We have hockey right around the corner. Before we get into everything on this episode, let me just remind you, as always, I'm your host, Jordy Cunningham. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Kingsden THPN. That's at the Kingsden THPN on Twitter and Instagram. I'm sorry I haven't been as active that lately on Instagram. I'm starting to get better at it, so go check us out on Instagram at the King's Den, THPN as well as Twitter. Always tweet at us any comments, concerns, questions, your opinions. We love to we love to talk about it and see and Talk about anything Kings and hockey, so tweet at us or get us on Instagram at the Kings Den thpn. Of course, I'm your host, Jordy Cunningham. Don't forget to get us. Don't forget to get to me on Twitter at Cunningham CunninghamJordy. Give me a follow. And if you want to check out my Instagram at Jordy underscore Cunningham23 as well. Of course, we are presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, so don't forget to check out the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at HockeyPodNet. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube. At just search the Hockey Podcast Network for all of our great video footage on the network. Don't forget to check out the where you can find everything about the network there as well. And don't forget to check us out on Patreon for just one dollar. You can find all our all of our exclusive bonus content, including after hours and so much more. So definitely check that out as well. For just one dollar on Patreon, you can find. All of our exclusive bonus content, just search at the Hockey Podcast Network. Episode 11 of Season 2, let's get into it. It is January 10th at almost 9.45 right now as we record this. The hockey season starts on Wednesday. You will be listening to this, this, we're recording on the 10th, this comes out on the 11th. We'll be watching NHL hockey on Wednesday. How exciting is that? We'll be watching NHL hockey on Wednesday. We'll be watching the Kings on Thursday. How excited are you, Kings fans? Hockey is almost here. We're going to break down the Kings training camp a little more today. Some changes that are happening. They had their first scrimmage yesterday, so we're going to discuss that on this episode. I'm going to give some predictions. I'm making my predictions into two parts, so we're going to give some predictions. And But we do have to start with this. Unfortunately, COVID taking over the NHL a little bit. I hate to see it. Really hate to see it, but it's kind of running through the Dallas Stars and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Dallas, their season is already delayed till January nineteenth because of COVID protocols. Columbus, I don't think there's quite been a, an announcement if anything's been delayed yet, but it's tough, man. It's tough to see. It's tough to see that happening already. You hope for the Vesta, It's not going to happen. You kind of see, like, all these sports leagues are trying to practice or play without, without like, in the midst of a pandemic, right? Like you saw, teams have struggled with it in the NFL during the course of the season. I mean, Cleveland's about to kick off in a few hours, and they had I think one practice this week, one or two practices this week, because COVID was running through them. One or two practices before a playoff game, that is insanity. Uh, and then you can see it ran through the Philadelphia 76ers this week as well. They played a game with fucking seven players yesterday. A full NBA game with seven players—that is insanity. It's crazy, just oh, crazy. But now, now COVID is starting to go through the NHL a bit, and let's just hope that it's not too much of a thing. The NHL has done a pretty good job at tackling it, but now this is a big challenge for them, and we'll have to see what happens. It was it started with six Dallas Stars players and two staff members getting it. so it's definitely running through the Dallas Stars organization right now and let's just hope that it doesn't uh, run anymore throughout the league, you know and uh Columbus has had some issues as well. I don't think it's as big. I think it was just one or two players. I never saw the number the exact numbers on that. but let's just hope for the best. I think the NHL will be able to get through it like oh you can see every sports league, Has overcome the versatility, uh, has over not the has overcome COVID to some extent, you know, like the NFL got through it. Yeah, there was COVID troubles. Yeah, there had to be some schedule changes, but you know what? It got through it. The NBA, they've had it a bit and they've got through it. James Harden wants to get traded so badly that he made his team miss the first game of the season because of COVID protocols, right? Like, it's just. So, the NHL will get through it as well. It's just a little adversity. It's okay. Hey, hasn't touched the LA Kings yet. And they are in, like, everywhere's COVID city in the States. But they are in, California's really not doing well with COVID. And the Kings are fine so far. So, bless up that they, that not, none of that happens. And it's all good for the LA Kings and for the whole NHL. Because you really hate to see COVID kind of going through the NHL. So, hopefully, I really hope it doesn't happen it's not that big of a deal as the season goes on so yeah that was a quick little thing to start the episode it's just it's news right yeah I was talking about it it's shitty that COVID has started to go through the NHL but hopefully this is only this is the biggest part of it and the NHL doesn't have to deal with it that much as the season goes on okay let's get back to LA Kings training camp They've had a good week of practice again this week. When we first left off, or when we last left off, episode 10, we talked about uh, Andres Ath- Athanasiou was finally getting back, uh, getting to be able to practice with his team after going through quarantine protocols and such. And we said that he was skating with Carter and Lazot to start to start the first day. And he had, uh, all indications, he's been skating really well, had a really good day. And head coach Tom McLellan said about Athanasiou, there's a difference there's a difference with a new player entering a team when you have NHL experience. He's already comfortable in the locker room. He's comfortable around the veteran guys. A lot of language that the Detroit group uses in language that we're using, so he feels good in that area. He's been able to be a big. Uh, he's been able to be a part of our team meetings via Zoom, which while he was in quarantine. So that so he so we went through everything again today. Good legs, good legs, fast, nice hands, fits our group well. Hopefully. As we go forward, he's just getting better and better with them. And you know what? I completely agree with that because we've talked about him at length. Like, yeah, he struggles on the defensive end, but he's still only 26. And he has over 300 games of experience. Like, he has the experience. And he's been able to score 20, 30 goals in the NHL. And honestly, I really like a line of him and Lazotte and Carter. Now, that was – I believe they did skate a little bit during the – they were aligned in the scrimmage this week, which we will get to as well, but it's just nice to see Athanasio, and I'm really happy for him as well. Head coach Tom McClellan also said, "Uh, just trying to get these legs underneath, oh sorry, Athanasio said, just trying to get these legs underneath you and get back in the flow of things. I felt pretty decent out there, this is referring to his first day. I've been off the ice for however long it's been because of quarantine, but I felt good out there, as good as you can feel. I don't think there was any toe picks, actually, so that's a positive thing for sure. So a little joking by Athanasio there, but his speed is dynamic, man. I think it's really going to help this team to have two huge speed guys in the lineup, like Athanasio and Wagner. They're just going to wear guys out with that speed, and if they can use it effectively like they can, like Athanasio has in the past, then it's great to see that as well. And actually... I like that. I didn't put the connection together before, but I I like the Athanasio signing even better. That there's a lot of chemistry with Marty Firk. You know, they got drafted the same year, both to Detroit. They played together in Detroit's AHL system. They played together in Detroit. So to see them back together again, they have a lot of chemistry. They're really good friends. So they know each other well. Athanasio talked a lot about that in one of the press conferences this week. So I think that's awesome for the room as well. And again, as I don't, we don't know how long these guys are going to be here for. You guys know I've referred to Marty Furk as a stopgap guy. A guy that's going to fill the void in between these as the team gets better with the veterans and the young guys. A stopgap guy. And I, I think Athanasio might be that as well, but it depends what kind of game he has. Is he going to bring the 20-30 the goals from Detroit? Or is he going to bring the game where he struggled a little, a little bit in Edmonton last year? We're going to have to see, but I really think he's going to be a positive impact for this team, and he's really going to help this team a lot. And I like the the dynamic, how dynamic a line can be of him on the left wing with Lazat in the middle and Carter in the center. Because I think we talked about it last episode, Carter's ready to have a comeback season. Yeah, he played pretty well last year, but he's coming off injuries. He had all this time off. He's ready to get back out there. And Lazat, I think there's going to be no sophomore slump for Lazot. He had a great year last year. And I think he's going to have another great year. He learned a lot. He's a smaller guy, but he learned a lot playing center ice last year. And he was one of the best at it. So I think he's really, he's really going to have a good year again this year. Lazotte, talking about Athanasio as well said, the white elephant in the room is his speed. That guy can, can skate. And he showed, showed it to him in little flashes. He hasn't skated in 10 days or whatever since quarantining. And he was still the fastest guy on the ice next to Wags. It's all, it was awesome to see his speed and his playmaking ability. He has shown in the league that he can be a, 20-30 goal scorer he's shown in the past that he can be a 20-30 goal scorer in this league so we're excited to have him here that's true I'm I I hope this line stays together because I'm really excited for that speed that Athanasiu can bring that's exciting and just quickly we talked about this last episode as well the Kings thought it was going to be really exciting on the same day Athanasiu was coming back that uh that the World Juniors prospects were going to come to L.A. and start their quarantine. Quinton Byfield, Alex Turcott, Arthur Kaliev, and Tobias Bornfoot. Turns out that wasn't the case. And it's really too bad because, you know, me and myself and Kings fans, they really wanted to see these guys be a part of training camp. At least a little bit of it. But it doesn't look like that's going to be the case now, unfortunately, because... Of COVID protocols and because of hangups and crossing the border and stuff like that, so actually in an update from head coach Tom McLaughlin on Thursday, I think it was, it was those four those four players aren't going to be joining us as quick as we thought they would. They're going to have to go through their long term health protocols. It's going to take I think seven or eight days for us to get them in. We thought we thought we could hurry the process, but we have to follow what's correct and what's right and what's going to happen, and that's what's going to happen. So it'll be a little while before they join the team. Which is really too bad. Like, I really wanted those guys to be a part of training camp, but you know they will be eventually as well. Head coach Todd McLellan also went on to say that we thought there was a chance to hurry, the, hurry that up because they came from a bubble and they flew private, which was nice of them. We thought we could hurry the process up, but we can't, and we understand that, and we accept it. We're going to do whatever we can to protect those individuals and the rest of the group that's here. We'll be patient. We'll wait for them, and they'll eventually join the group. So they will eventually join the LA Kings. I'm very excited for that, and I'm very excited to see what happens, to see if anyone gets playing time. Like I'm beginning to think, like is Quinton Byfield going to play this year? I really hope so. I really hope he plays for the LA Kings this year, but we are really going to have to see as well. And I think guys like turcott and Kaliev and Bornfoot. I think all four of them are going to get a chance to be in the black and white this year. I really think that they're going to get a chance for the LA Kings this year. And I really hope that they do because all these players are young and exciting. We saw them at the World Juniors. We're excited for them. We really want to see them. We really do. And I hope that they can make an impact this season as well. And speaking of the young guns on this team, you know who by all indications, has been one of the most impressive at training camp. And they say he doesn't look like a boy anymore. He looks like a man now. That's Gabe Villardi. Of course, you know, he played at the end of last year, this year, and lit it up. Absolutely lit it up for the LA Kings. And the guys love him. And apparently, he is so ready to take that next step. You know, he has battled injuries over the course of growing up and stuff like that. And he said this offseason was the first real offseason he had despite it being so weird on a longer one he said this was really the first real offseason he had to train and get bigger and uh, even back to head coach Thomas Holland he said G- Gabe looks like a different player physically a different man right now physically he looks stronger I think his engine is much better we're gonna find out in the games the fact that he did all the work should make him feel confident make him feel comfortable and confident in what he can and can't do on the ice and having that confidence is a real big thing like and like I said, Velarde, it's he said it was the first real off season he had in a long time because of injuries and stuff like that. So he said it's really big for me. It's the first time in three years now that I actually got to spend the summer working on getting better and not focusing on getting my body back playing again. I thought it was really good for me. I put a lot of work in with these guys here, and they helped me out. And it helped me out a lot. It sounds like Velarde has gained 15 pounds of muscle this off season. That is insane. That is unbelievable. That's awesome for him. So I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring this year as well because he's just going to bring the next step here, Gabe Velarde. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do for this LA Kings team because you saw he came into the league last year and he he was great. He was part of the reason why the Kings were 7-0 in March. He's part of the reason why the LA Kings haven't lost a game since February. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh. Like He was big, he was huge, and like it's just awesome to see, and I really think he's going to be one of the young guns that can really take a big step forward as well. So then, a couple more days of practice, and then last night, uh, yesterday afternoon, actually, Saturday afternoon, the LA Kings played their first big scrimmage of training camp, and it's, it hasn't been announced yet if they're going to do another one or not, but they played their first big scrimmage of training training camp and actually unfortunately some players had to be held out of the training camp five players were deemed unfit to play and it, it wasn't that according to NHL rules you're you're allowed to say unfit to play you don't have to say why or anything or you don't have to say you don't have to say why you don't like if it's COVID you have to say it but like as, right now they were just deemed unfit to play so hopefully that they're all ready for the start of the season because there were some big names on this list in the scrimmage Gabe Valardi didn't play in the scrimmage, as well as Sean Walker, Curtis McDermott, Cal Peterson, and Matthew Valletta. Sorry, Valletta. So, like, those are five big names that you want. Like, four of those guys are going to be in the starting lineup on Thursday night. So let's just hope that they all can be in the starting lineup. I think they will be able to, but we will just have to wait and see. What happens? It doesn't sound like it's anything big or anything, so I think that they'll all be good as well. Maybe just a little nicks from going hard in training camp. But yeah, Velarde, Sean Walker, Curtis McDermott, Cal Peterson, and Matthew Valletta all did not play in the first big scrimmage of the year. But the first big scrimmage, was, it was Team White versus Team Black, obviously. It was nice. Instead of practicing in the facility, they played the game at Staples Center, and all the players said it was nice to be back there. And they said it was definitely an adjustment not playing, or because... Remember, the Kings didn't play in the bubble, so they haven't experienced playing with fans. And they said just a scrimmage was weird playing without fans, and that's going to be a big adjustment. But we'll get to that. So, first of all, Team White, the lines were Lazotte centering Athanasio and Carter, Dudas centering Anderson, Dolan, and Furk, Anderson centering Grunstam and Luff, and Enesmont and Thomas on a line, so there's some rotation, obviously. And then uh, Mikey Anderson and Roy were a defensive pair, Clegg and Alt, Brickley and... Uh, Dursey were the last defensive pair with Jonathan Quick and Nett and Ingram backing up. And then Team Black, the first line was Kolpatar centering I and Brown. Amadio centering Moore and Wagner. Kapari centering Kempe and Fajimo. Interesting there. And Amama and Madden were the extra forwards for there. And then, like we talked about, Olimada and Drew Doughty were a defensive pair followed by Phillips and Strand. Um, Moverer uh, s- rotated into the defensive pair. And then Grozenik was, s- was the goaltender for team black and it turned out that team white would go on to beat team black four to three in the first scrimmage game Jeff Carter had a great game he had a goal and two assists or sorry two goals and an assist in the game uh the the both teams traded goals quickly in the first period it was uh Carter and Amadio trading goals quickly. And then, in the second period, Team Black went up on goals by Dustin Brown and Oli Mata to go up three to one after two periods. But then Team White t- came storming back in the third period of the scrimmage game. Uh, Grunstrom, Carl Grunstrom, scored shorthanded. and then just a few. Uh, and then Carter went on to tie the game at three on a nifty play from Athanasio and Jared Anderson Dolan in the midst of a change. And then, just a few seconds later, Matt Luff scored a scored the game winner to make it four to three so it was a great scrimmage they also went on to play in overtime just to get the practice of it and do a shootout as well but there was a lot of positivity from this head coach hamilton went on to talk about it a bit we'll, we'll get to that but it was nice to see jeff carter have such a good game in the scrimmage there was a lot of uh like a lot of chemistry being built and you saw like Anthony carter lazat apparently played really well anderson dolan and matt left both played really well uh, head coach Thomas McLellan said they were the best players on the ice in the scrimmage and that's awesome to see guys like that that are kind of fringe guys that you don't really know they want to make the team they want to be a part of it so to see them have an impact like that on the scrimmage is really awesome to see and another big thing in this game a thing that the LA Kings have worked on a lot this week is the special teams and the power play units at practice have featured Athanasiu, Carter, Kulpitar, Kempe, Furk Brown, Valerde, Amadio, and I follow up front with Doughty and Walker as the defensemen. Obviously, Walker couldn't play, so there was a different defenseman uh, in the role. But, apparently, Lazot has been killing it on the penalty kill at practice as well. And he continued to win the game as well. And it led to a shorthanded opportunity where Grunström put one in the back of the net, shorthanded. That that made the game 3-2 to for Team Black at that point. But, of course, Team White came back to win 4-2 three and let's just get to the uh head coach Tom McClellan like I said pointed out how good Luff and Grunstrom were in the game and they are two players Luff was a power play goal as well and so it's just to see like the special teams have really been coming through as well because like in these scrimmages not like other guys need to take roles on power plays and penalty kills and stuff like that so it's awesome to see that as well McClellan went on to say they were effective in the scrimmage in a number of different areas, whether it was among along the boards, around the net, making play structurally trustworthy on the ice. It was it was awesome to see. It was just awesome to see that as well. And of course, there was unfit to play players unfortunate about that. And just overall, McClellan said about the scrimmage, "We're happy with the overall play. Guys played hard. They played with structure. It was a competitive game. We saw some special teams that we needed to see. We had live officials." in the game so faceoffs became more of a factor everything about the game was really good and again like I also mentioned the Kings haven't played without fans yet they haven't played since March they weren't in the bubble so they haven't played without fans yet so McClellan also went on to say as far as the environment goes it's definitely different I can tell you we're going to miss our fans the energy that they're able to provide us in this building certainly helps but it won't be an excuse because every team is is going to experience the same atmosphere in their home ring what is new for us, maybe that isn't new for other teams, is that we weren't in that bubble and didn't get to get to experience it. So today was certainly different. The rules, regulations, and whatever you call them, in and around Staples Center is a different world from what we're used to. So I'm glad that we came down and we got it out of the way. And that's so true. They can't, like There are some teams, they practice at their arena full time. But the LA Kings, they were practicing at their practice arena all week. And then this scrimmage game on Saturday was the first time they've been at the Staples Center, which was really interesting to me to think about just to think about that like no one else oh I guess no never mind that's not true because the Clippers and the Lakers have y- have been using the arena as well so I guess it was nice for the Kings to finally get a turn as well and, you know just think about that off the spot like teams that all share arenas that has to be super weird with COVID times going on to be safe and such like especially in LA with the Kings Lakers and Clippers all sharing the arena that's very interesting to think of as as well like how safe it's gonna be but hey they're all being safe so again we'll see what happens as well and on uh also something that like I'm big on and head coach Thomas Holland is big on as well I'm big on it in any sport especially like you need it in hockey but to me like in in baseball it's the biggest for me but that's just me I like you guys know I'm a baseball guy as well and that's versatility if guys can play multiple positions, that's huge for a team. And Todd McClellan wants that with his group. He went on to say, in my opinion, when it comes to versatility and being able, being able to play multiple multiple positions, he went on to say, in my opinion, it puts you ahead. In the situation where all of a sudden we lose a center or a winger or both at the same time, if you have that versatility to comprehend and the ability to, to produce in multiple positions, I think it gives you a real good opportunity at that job. J.A.D., has that, and that's some others, and some others on the team have that as well. JAD is Jared Anderson Dolan. And I agree, you need that versatility. Sometimes the injury happens, sometimes you have to fight for playing time. And you know what you do? You know what helps with that? Being able to play multiple positions. I know growing up, I played baseball, and I, I had to do that a little bit as well. And you know what? I liked it. I liked it. I liked being able to play multiple positions because it gives you more of a chance to get playing time, to get out there. Jared Anderson Dolan has that. Other players on the team have this. And it's great for the LA Kings to have that as well. Uh, now, again, they haven't experienced no fans. And it was just a scrimmage. But Anderson Dolan went on to talk about no fans as well. And he said, obviously, obviously it's a little different. Usually, you're feeding off the energy of a crowd. But you have to be able to adapt in a year like this. Everybody knows that. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. But you know what? Every, like, every team has to deal with it. So, it's going to be... Every team has to deal with it, so like it's fair play for everyone. Yeah, some teams are gonna allow fans, but not many. So, like, well just have to wait and see what's gonna happen with that as well. But you know what? I think it's gonna be good. It's gonna every team has to play with it. Every team has to play with it. So there's no real advantage for anyone else. And then something that was interesting about the scrimmage was the line of Austin Wagner with Amadio and Trevor Moore. They're, they're some they could be aligned, man. They could they could show some they could show some things, like a bunch of guys that have chips, three guys that have a chip on their shoulder. They could really be a good third, fourth line. And Wagner, uh, after the scrimmage, said, "I played with them a little bit at the at the end of last year too. Finishing the year off, finishing the year off, we were good together. Today at the scrimmage, Morsey and I talked about it. We're going to get a lot of chances off the forecheck, getting pucks out of the zone, but especially getting them hot. And we scored a couple like that today. We know." What's expected of us, and the chem- and the chemistry is building. So they're showing some chemistry, and you know Wagner's speed with Amadio's grit and more scoring touch. That could be a really effective line. I really like that a lot. I really think that there's that there's some intrigue with that line, and I really think that something could come of come of that line easily. So a good scrimmage by the L.A. Kings. i still a lot to be determined. See how the unfit to play players are doing. But you know what? These next few days are interesting. We're going to see some pl- some roster cuts. We're going to see some player cuts. We're going to see who's on the roster, who's on the taxi squad. By the next episode, we'll probably have the full roster to talk about. So we'll definitely get into all that next uh, next episode as well. These next few days are going to be real interesting for the LA Kings with what's going to happen. Real interesting. But now, as we finish up episode 11 of season 2 of the Kingston, there's a few days left here before the season starts. So, what I want to do is I want to start to get some predictions in. So, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give my award predictions. And I'm going to give my playoff teams. And then next episode, I'm going to give my uh, guess like who the the winner is going to be. How the playoffs are going to work based off the teams that I've picked. Based off my predictions. So, that's how I'm going to split it into two here. And that's what I'm going to do right now. Now here on the Kings end. So first of all, let's go with awards. And Kings fans, just know, just know, the Kings aren't quite there yet. They're not quite there yet. We've talked about this. We know this. They're going to surprise us here. They're going to turn some heads, but they're not quite there yet. They're just not quite. But before we, I get to the who's going to make the playoffs, so let's get to the awards. So for the awards... I think the heart, the MVP, is going to go to Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche this season. I think he's so dynamic, and I really just think that he is going to, this is his year to take it home. I think the Calder, don't get mad at me, Kings fans, because we don't know if Quinton Byfield is going to play or where he's going to insert. The Calder, the rookie of the year, is going to be Tim Stutzel of the Ottawa Senators. Yes, he's going to be better than Lafreniere. We haven't seen Lafreniere yet. We saw Schnitzel at the World Juniors, and after seeing that, that was enough for me. He has his first practice with the Senators today, and I'm really, I like, I think he's gonna have a really, really good rookie season and take home the Rookie of the Year award. The Vesna, I think that's going like Tampa Lightning are still a wagon. Yeah, they had to make some trades, they had to get rid, rid of some players because of cap. Yeah, there's no Kucherov this year, but they're still a wagon, a wagon, and because of that, I have Andre Beseleski bringing home. The Vesna for the best goalie in the league. And I have Victor Hedman bringing home the Norris for best defenseman in the league. That Tampa team is still so good. And yeah, they're missing a lot of players. Yeah, they don't have Kucherov this season. But that team is still very, very good. And I think they're going to bring it home for sure. I think they're going to bring home those awards for sure. The best goalie, Andre Veszilewski. And the Norris for best defenseman, Victor Hedman. Now, the Art Ross, the top scorer. This might be the most difficult one to predict this year because you're only playing within one division and I've had real trouble with this one because you can argue like it's easy to argue Connor McDavid it's easy to argue Leon Drysaddle, but again like I'm thinking like is it gonna be harder or easier to put points up this year as the season goes on because and I say that because yes, it's a long season, players get tired. But as I say that, you're playing the same teams over and over again. You're gonna know how to play against them better. You're gonna know how to play defensively against them better. I was I really thought it thought about McDavid on this one, but I'm gonna go a little different on this one. And he was up in the top five in scoring last year in the regular season. And I think the team I think this team is kind of like in the LA King spot where they're on the rise. And this team is actually, I would argue, a little bit further ahead of the rebuild than the Kings. Actually, no, they're about the same. But the Kings prospect pool is better than theirs. The Kings prospect pool is may go quicker than theirs. But I think a Terry Panarin is going to be the leading scorer in the NHL this season. I really do. This was a tough one to decide. This was a really tough one to decide. But I think our Terry Panarin is going to be Atemi, sorry, Atemi Atari Panarin is going to be the the leading scorer of the NHL this season. The Selkie, the best uh, defensive forward, I think that's going to go to Nathan McKinnon as well. I think he's going to take home multiple awards again this year. I think, you know, he's so good offensively and defensively. He's such a dynamic player. He's one of the best, one of the best if not the best, all-around forward in hockey. And I think he's going to take home the Selkie as well. The Lady Bing, the most respected player, the one that shows the most sportsmanship in the league. This one, you know, Kings fans, I'll give you a little nugget here. It's going to go to Anze It's Yeah, he's won it before. Uh, just I had, to, I had to have a Kings name in there, right? So Anze Kopitar is going to bring home the Lady Bing again. And the Jack Adams Award for Coach of the Year, according to my predictions, is gonna be head coach Travis Green up in Vancouver. I think he's gonna be the coach of the year for the Vancouver Canucks and be the coach and be named the Jack Adams Award winner and then and in the NHL. So those are my predictions for awards. The heart goes to heart. And Selkie go to Nathan McKinnon. The Calder goes to Tim Stutzel. The Vesna goes to Andrei Vizieleski. The Norris goes to Victor Hedman. The Art Ross goes to Artari Panarin. The Lady Bing goes to Ante Kopitar. And the Jack Adams goes to Travis Green. And now, let's just get into my playoff predictions quickly. So, the people around the Hockey Podcast Network, the uh the, SodaPod, the Quack Report, Vegas Nightly, they put out their predictions for... Uh, like their full division predictions. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to put out the top playoff teams because this is a year like no other. So quickly, just to explain, just to give a refresher, the playoffs are going to be different this year. It's a traditional 16-team format with best-of-seven series, but you only play you play teams in your division up to the final four. So each division, there's four divisions. Each division will have four teams, and it'll be a 1v2 2v3 sort of scenario so it'll be in the first round in each division it'll be one, the one seed versus four seed and then the two seed versus the three seed and then those and then the winners will play in the second round and then it'll get to uh mixing the teams up so uh four that so then the four teams will so the first round second round happen. 1v4 2v3 and then the four teams remaining advance to the stanley cup semi-final known as the Uh, And then they'll play a 1v4, 2v3 based on regular season point total. So the final four will be one team from each division. That means a Canadian team is guaranteed in the final four, by the way. A Canadian team hasn't won the Cup since 93. But nevertheless. So it's going to be a different format this year. So I have the top four. I picked my playoff teams for every division. And then I will give my predictions next episode for who's going to win it all and how the playoffs are going to go okay you got that sounds good so what i'll start with the west i'm sorry kings fans the kings aren't making the playoffs they're, like i said gonna be huge leap and bounds for the kings this year but they're not making the playoffs my west playoff teams are the colorado avalanche one the vegas golden knights two the st louis blues three and the minnesota Wild four Again, my West predictions, playoff teams, Colorado 1, Vegas 2, St. Louis 3, Minnesota 4. That means the first round would look like Colorado versus Minnesota and Vegas versus St. Louis in the first round. Vegas versus St. Louis, Petrangelo, man. That'd be, that'd be interesting. Then we go to the Central. In the Central, Tampa Bay is going to win the division. Uh, Dallas is going to come in second. The Carolina Hurricanes are going to come in third. And the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to come in fourth. So Tampa 1, Dallas 2, Carolina 3, Columbus 4. That means Tampa versus Columbus in the first round. Oh, God. Nightmare City for Tampa, maybe? No, I'm kidding. And Dallas versus Carolina in the first round. Then I go to the East. The East is tough, man, because there's some changes going on in the East. And this was maybe the toughest to pick. But I think, despite some of the losses they've had, I still think Boston's going to win the division. I think they're going to hang on for one more year. To win the division, I think it's going to be Boston one, Boston Bruins one, the Philadelphia Flyers two. They're an interesting team. Philadelphia Flyers two, Washington Capitals three, and the New York Islanders four. By the way, big news: Islanders getting giving Matt Barzell an extension finally the other day, so that was big for them as well. So, bought in the East, my prediction is Boston one, Philly two, Washington three, and the Islanders four. That would mean Boston versus Islanders in round one, and Philly versus Washington in round two. Yes. Pittsburgh not making the playoffs. And in that division, I think the Rangers will be close as well. You know, in predictions I've seen for this division, that's been where there's been the most... It's been the most opinionated. There's been so many different opinions. Some people have Buffalo in second place. Some people have them in last place. I don't have them making the playoffs. I think they'll be just short. But they're going to be better. That division is going to be really, really interesting. I think, yeah, that division is going to be... Very interesting to see what happens. But again, Boston 1, Philly 2, Washington 3, Islanders 4. So Boston versus New York, Islanders in round 1. And Philly versus Washington in round 1 as well. Then to the north. No, this is not biased because I'm in Vancouver. Because as you guys know, I'm the host of the Kings Den. I love the Kings. But I'm in Vancouver. I've grown up with the Canucks my whole life. I love the Canucks as well. Kings fans, you know that. I've explained it multiple times on this podcast. The Vancouver Canucks will end will end the regular season first in the North Division, in the All-Canadian Division. It is going to go the Vancouver Canucks 1, the Toronto Maple Leafs 2, the Edmonton Oilers 3, and the Calgary Flames 4. Vancouver 1, Toronto 2, Edmonton 3, Calgary 4, which means some fireworks in round 1 with a Vancouver-Calgary matchup in round 1. All those players that were on the Canucks signed with Calgary in the offseason, man. These two teams hate each other already. Jacob Markstrom that may be an X-factor in the series. That's my protection Vancouver versus Calgary in round. It will be the 1v4 matchup. And then Toronto versus Edmonton as the other matchup. And man, that has oh, going to be interesting. And super intriguing to see all that happens in the whole playoffs. But those are my playoff teams. For the 2021 NHL season, tweet at me at the Kings NTHPN at Cunningham Geordie. what you think, what your predictions are. I want to know. And then on the next episode, I will have how the playoffs are going to run down with the cup winner as well. So you have my award winners, my award winning predictions, and my playoff predictions. Next episode, we will go over how the playoffs, my predictions for how the playoffs are going to go, and who is going to win the Stanley Cup this season. This has been episode 11 of season 2 of the Kings End. Thank you so much for joining us. By the time the next episode is out, the NHL season will be starting. The NHL season will have started. Get excited, hockey fans. We're going to be talking about real LA Kings games soon. Of course, the LA Kings open the season on Thursday the 14th. Get excited. We're going to be talking about real hockey real soon. And I cannot wait for it. As always... Don't forget after you listen to us, don't forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe to the Kingsden, and then go listen to every other great podcast around the hockey podcast network. And don't forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe all of their amazing work and great podcasts as well. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Kingsden T H P N. Don't forget to follow me, your host Jordy Cunningham at Cunningham Jordy. or don't and don't forget to follow me on Instagram if you want at Jordy underscore Cunningham twenty. 3 don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at HockeyPodNet don't forget to check out www.thehockeypodcastnetwork.com for everything about the network there and don't forget to, get to check us out on YouTube for all of the great video footage going around the network and don't forget to check us out on Patreon for just $1 you can find all of our exclusive bonus content including After Hours and everything else around the Hockey Podcast Network we get to put Hockey, NHL hockey is this week. Get excited, fans. Get excited. We get to talk about real LA Kings games and real NHL hockey games this week. So get excited. And while we wait for that, have a great week. Stay safe. Stay hot. Wear your mask. Have a great week. And we will talk to you on Thursday for episode 12 of the future.